Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's Recovery Sort Of. I am Jason, a guy that has not been to a meeting in a bit. I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. I'm Caroline. I'm also a person in long-term recovery who has also not technically been to a meeting in a while. <laughs> and that's right where we're going to go with this as soon as we do some recap is this idea of... Uh, I, I don't know the idea. That's the problem. I've been trying to <laughs> capture this idea, right? Originally, it was like, hey... We haven't gone to many meetings. Uh, it's not feeling like meetings are have a lot to offer us right now. And what are the practices we've done outside of meetings that have helped us to maintain recovery or still feel solid in our spiritual state or whatever it is? But I don't know. It's kind of evolved a little bit. Maybe yeah. it's more like what happens? What do you do when meetings don't feel like they're hitting the spot anymore or serving a purpose anymore? I guess is maybe more of where I want to go with it. But we'll... I'm sure we'll have a topic solidified by the time we're done talking. Yeah. When I did tell Jason, I said, I kind of texted him before this. I said, can this not be like YouTube bash 12 step meetings? And I sit here and try to defend it the whole time. Cause that'd be really uncomfortable for me. I want to bring in an ally if that's the case. So we're evened up here. I don't, uh, I don't anticipate or think that's where any of this is going. This is no. definitely not like 12 step bashing from my end. It's just, I don't feel bashy. Yeah. It wasn't about like the program failing or anything. It was just, I did not feel like meetings were doing anything. Yeah, and I've seen that a lot. I mean, yeah. You just see it. If you're around a while, you see. But anyway. Right. So uh, some of the recaps. So Stephanie, you know, she was on us for our, our mother's episode. She had listened to the clean time episode and she said, hey, just listen to that episode. Yes. Before I got to recovery, I lived in survival mode that included watching people's behaviors and not putting too much stock in what people say. So when I got to the rooms, I was predispositioned not to be impressed by clean time but rather to watch people walk in life. Turns out not everyone with long periods of sobriety are great humans, let alone good examples of recovery. Everyone is subject to being human and some suffer more than others. Bummer. So I, I don't know. I just like the feedback. I, I think it. I was kind of surprised because I don't feel like that was the case for me. Not that I trusted people in active addiction. Like I definitely watched and saw if they were crooked or not, but when I came into recovery, I was in awe of clean time because it was some magical thing that I had never been able to possess. Yeah, me too. I just thinking people stay that long, I'd be like being in rehab, be like, can I even make it this 30 days? Right, <laughs> right. You know, like That was impressive. So yeah, it was uh, it was surprising to hear, but I'm sure that's some other people's experience too, if it's hers. And uh, I feel like they start off in a better place than we did, <laughs> yeah, honestly. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, another individual, Miriam, reached out and just said, your podcast helps me a lot, you know, and she had said some other things that were nice, gave us some ideas, but it, it was just really nice. So thank you, Marion. And then we got updates on some of our money and where Yay. it's going and how it's helping the community, which is great. So 
donations that you guys give to us. This is how it works. You listen. You say, man, this was really relevant. It helped me stay in a recovery mode this week. I feel good about myself. I feel good about the things I'm listening to and thinking about. And and then you like send us, you know, the price of a cup of coffee through our website, which is a PayPal donation button. And then that money goes to support the podcast in ways like buying us equipment that keeps us going and then further goes to the recovery community. So uh, Brandon was somebody who had had five years in recovery at one point, and he was searching for a recovery house with structure and support that would keep him close to his family. And we were able to help out with the money to get in there. Uh, Spencer came straight from treatment. She was a family member of a previous employee of Voices and was referred for help. Uh, So she went through treatment, but was having a hard time finding the right recovery house with no money to get in and no support system. So we were able to, you know, the funds were able to step up and help that out. Uh, Steven was an individual who apparently was homeless in Baltimore City, but he had a connection to the community up here and a, a daughter up here. And so he was able to get into a recovery house up here. There was another individual, Rob, who was in the Cecil County Detention Center, but reaching out to try to schedule his release and get into housing for when he got out and helped with that. And then Sarah. Uh, Sarah also was able to get into the house. You know, we've done, apparently Voices had done some wound care for her and was already in connection with her. And I guess through some of those compassionate uh, outreaches, she decided to seek recovery. And, you know, some of the funds were able to help her get into a place, so. Nice. Yay. Yay Yeah, that that recovery housing funding is a little messy because, you know, people can get recovery money for housing, but then you're limited to certain houses are only approved for the money and certain ones aren't. So you have a limited number of beds, even though there might be houses open, you know, the money from the state can't go to those houses. Mm -hmm. And then there's a, a you can only get so much money within a certain amount of time so that if right. you went and got some recovery house money and then you have a relapse, that funding may not be available to you the next time you need to go. So, yes, there is money out there from the state, but it's not always available to everyone or not always convenient for people to go to a recovery house that might be the best fit. Yes. So go to recoverysortof.com if you enjoy the podcast, if you have the funding, if you want to give back to the community. Go there, click on the PayPal link, make a one-time donation, set up a small monthly donation, whatever works for you. Check out all our history episodes. You can read the awful transcripts and laugh along (laughs) um, that YouTube has provided. Thank you, YouTube. And you can do all kind of stuff on there. You can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all those places, Reddit, whatever. YouTube, look us up, comment, interact with us. We love your feedback. If there's something we didn't mention about a topic, bring it up. We'll readdress it. We'll do a whole other fucking show on it if it's good enough. Yeah, if you want to come on, reach out. We'll have we've had guests on. Yeah, <laughs> if you if you got something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm just having Bob on. Yeah, just, just Bob. Gotta have something interesting, Bob. Yeah, well, what's going on with you, Bob? I mean, are you <laughs> fucking depressed or like, is there something we can help you with? Can we talk through something? All right. Uh, anyway, back to this idea of not going to meetings. So I I think you beat me to it. Was not going. <laughs> I think you stopped sooner than I did, or or whatever. So, what? Tell us, like, what happened for you that led this? Because I feel like a twelve step person, like we we fucking know meeting makers make it right. We've heard that a billion times, and we know, you know, 
people who don't come to meetings don't know what happens to people who don't come to meetings. All that good fucking sound and shit. Like, I can't even make sense of that. But. Well, because if you're not in the meeting, you don't get to hear the person who comes back and says, hey, I stopped too, going to meetings complex, and relapse. Too complex for a Sunday yeah. morning. Um, so what happened? Why'd yeah, you stop? so I think, you know, I was like a religious meeting attender for so, so, so many years. And I think it was kind of like a, a catastrophic life event that shook the foundation of that. So mm-hmm. like when my husband passed, my husband passed and COVID, right? So those two things really brought about a lot of change mm-hmm. um, in how I viewed my recovery, how I viewed the fellowship, what I felt like I was getting out of meetings, mm-hmm. what I felt like I needed at that point in my life. I think those were the two things, right? So it was, you know, it was in the midst of COVID and, you know, sometimes meetings were live and sometimes they weren't. But when you went to a live meeting, everybody had a mask on, you couldn't hug. So that like that social connection mm-hmm. that I had been getting, which was probably the biggest thing I'd been getting for maybe the last 10 years, if I'm being right. honest, right? Like the biggest thing was that community. So that had really gotten kind of like decimated by the pandemic. And then in conjunction with that, like I was still struggling through grief Mm -hmm. and feeling like, you know, I think I talked about this when I was on for the grief episode, feeling like after that, like one month point, like no one really wanted to hear that I was struggling with grief. Like they didn't know what to do with that. Like the first few weeks were like very supportive. How are you? And then it was kind of like, oh, we're not going to talk about that anymore. Uh, when you say that, were you still going into meetings and talking about it and people just weren't given the same response? Or did you decide that people didn't want to hear anymore and just stop saying? It? That's a good question. I, I would say it's not, it was not so much about like sharing in meetings. I never felt like I couldn't share what I wanted to share in meetings. Probably more the reaction I was getting like before the meeting, after the meeting, right? When I would see the people that I had known for so many years and like the question like, how are you mm-hmm. had stopped, mm-hmm. you know? Ooh. Yeah. Like when I imagine even from one or two people would feel like a lot. Right. And that's really not right. that close to that many. You know, we go to meetings and there's 30 people there. But most of the time you're close to two or three that are in yeah. the meeting. I mean, this is my really, home yeah. group, I would say. So probably yeah, yeah, a bigger, yeah, a bigger was, group of I mean, people. I Cecil that, County. We get 20 people in a meeting. A lot. <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, so, yeah, I think it was, you know, and then so kind of starting to take a little bit of a step back from the meetings because of those two things, focusing more at that time on, um, you know, dealing with grief and doing group therapy and individual counseling. And um, that was kind of the start of it, leaving that home. So it, it evolved. It's really been something that's been going on for the last couple of years. Um, I think what really kind of drew the line in the sand for me inadvertently was that, you know, we had a home group that I liked. I mean, it was close to my house. I really liked that. It was like 10 minutes away, um, which in Cecil County is kind of amazing. Yeah. I mean, at least, you know, the part of Cecil County I'm in. But, um, and it was a good, I mean, it was a decent meeting. I, I wasn't ever feeling like I was getting like some epiphany when I went there, but I liked the people who were there. So that was kind of good enough. And then, um, you know, I was in school and I had a class that night. And that was, I was like, okay, I'm going to have to find another home group. And like, I had struggled so long to find one and had settled on that one and liked it. And like, just, I just didn't put the effort in to go find another. And then, you know, months started piling up of like, I'm, I'm going to a meeting in a few months and like, I feel okay. And then like, I'd go for someone's anniversary because I'm still, 
you know, this whole time I've been like willing to go. It's not like I'm like, I'm not going into those meetings. Um, but I'd go to an anniversary or I'd show up for someone because there was something, you know, they wanted and I would like leave the meeting and I'd be like, I don't feel any different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I don't I'm not like mad that I went, but I didn't feel like I got anything out of it. And so it just I wasn't motivated to actively make time for it. I would mm. rather be hiking, honestly. Right. So that's that's interesting. Uh, you know, looking back at my history, because I feel like I was trying to anticipate where Billy was going to go with his side. <laughs> Not his side, but like, you know, I've heard you share on here a few times. Like, you went through this period when you guys sold all your stuff. You moved to different parts of the country. You were moving around. You weren't connected in meetings. There weren't meetings a lot of places. Like, And you felt at that point that you had suffered from not going to meetings like it had had a negative impact on your recovery or or you know your growth as a person and looking back at my life there are periods where that happened to me for shorter amounts of time i didn't do it for years but for three six months here or there not really hitting meetings not being focused you know life got in the way whatever and it did feel like it negatively impacted my life and yet this time it hasn't. And I don't necessarily know the difference in those two things of like why or why not. I could take some guesses. Um, but this time it was I was hitting this home group that you and I were in, Caroline. And for I mean, I hit it for, I don't know, a year, year and a half. But the last at least six months of that, every week I went, I would be driving home from that meeting thinking, why the fuck did I do this? It's because I wasn't there anymore. It's probably what it was. But, <laughs> but it, it was really so uh, to to tell you a little clue that might or might not matter, but it feels like it's relevant. I remember throughout my recovery, I've always had shit get in the way of weeknights, right? I got into a, a union and going through the apprenticeship in that union. Yeah. I had schooling on either Monday and Wednesday or Tuesday and Thursday every week for every year for five years. So it was like. Having to switch home groups, you know, because if you get a Monday or a Tuesday or a Wednesday, it's going to flip flop the next year at your apprenticeship school. But it was also three weeknights of my week as a guy with young children, not home. And it never felt good. And so I was always struggling. Like I had this like real bitter resentment towards people I worked with on the construction site. I'm like, these motherfuckers go home at three o'clock and just chill the rest of the night every fucking (laughs) day. And here I am, I got to run out three evenings a week, if not more, if I want to be involved. And so I I guess coming up to that still in my life, there is this idea, right? I work two evenings a week because it's important to me to show up for people who can't take off of work during the day. And so adding in a home group was like this third weeknight still. And it really, for like six months, just graded on me. I was like, why the fuck do I spend my time, you know? Half hour to the meeting, half hour home, a little bit of talking, the hour of the meeting. I'm taking most of my evening up that I could be home with my kids, my family, doing something I really want. And I'm coming here and I'm feeling like I get absolutely nothing out of it. Why am I doing it? So it was a pretty active decision. It wasn't like, oh, something got in the way of my home group and then I just sort of happened. Like I chose. I'm like, I'm just going to not and see what the fuck happens. I've been to one anniversary since then, and I think that was in March. Wasn't mine. <laughs> I didn't know about Billy's. No, his was on a Wednesday. Goddamn yeah. it! I work and he I, was working. That's I right. Uh, 
No, I, I mean, honestly, had you like told me like three weeks in yeah, advance, I, I probably you, like, would have scheduled myself the off. week of, I think. Yeah, it was a little late. But, <laughs> it was last minute. Uh, that's but, one yeah, of the problems with I, not going to fine. meetings just, is you yeah. don't find out when right, the anniversaries right. are. Right. Like, you just don't know. <laughs> but I guess I, it was I, announced. <laughs> I don't feel like my recovery or my growth or my healing has been stagnated or suffered in any way this time. And I, I think there's some practices I do, which is some of what I hope for us to talk about today. But that's like generally been my story. It's been 10 months. I went to one anniversary during that 10 months, have not felt any different either. And so I, you know, it's hard to go against all these old cliched, you know, programmed ideas that have been given to me about how you have to go to meetings and that's how it works and this, that and the other. But I mean, my reality so far is that I haven't noticed except that I have less shame about whether I should be at a meeting or not on any <laughs> given night and, and don't particularly schedule it in and I have more time for myself. Yeah. And so, I mean, even through my recovery, not just in the time that we traveled, but other times, like I haven't always been like this consistent meeting maker person either. Um, different, like say it was especially hard with younger kids and you got mm -hmm. commitments of whatever sports they got going on and then whatever stuff I want to do. And, you know, there were periods of my life where I was like, eh, meetings, you know, take it or leave it, whatever is fine. The difference, at least for me then, was I had a closer network support group of guys that I talked to, not just in the meetings, but were people that I kept relationship with outside of meetings. We hung out, we did stuff together with our families and all of that. It was usually, and, and someone had said this to me, and it's just been my experience, was that it was in times of like, traumatic things that I went back to meetings because mm. I needed a support group or support of people that was different. And that was, you know, that was what I knew. So that's where I went. Um, the other thing with me was that I never really had anything outside of NA that I was doing healthy wise. Like I've never done therapy. I didn't go to any kind of counseling or do anything else. It was only NA is the only thing I've ever done. Right. for recovery wise and and self-help ish stuff and it hasn't even been until later that i started reading like self-help books or any of that stuff so not having any other tools like when shit starts to go bad like that's where i would look so that's where i would go back because that's all i knew hmm. um but yeah for me times getting away from meetings one time was a pretty major tragedy but we were talking before this like about what the motivations for going to meetings are or why we go to meetings. And I think one of the things you and I had talked about, and this is what it was like in my life before the big tragedy. The tragedy was when my kids got molested up until that point. Like I was going to meetings to help other people. Like that was my service. That was my way of like giving back. Like I was great. My life was great. I had, you know, the kids and the house and the career and everything was fucking great. So I'm there helping you. It's it wasn't about me trying to get or do anything. And then that's for me personally, when it became easy to like blow off meetings like, oh, you know, my kids got a thing or there's a oh Monday or Thursday night football is on. The Ravens are playing. I think I'm going to stay home and watch the game. Like, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. I wasn't as committed to going. So it was easier to not go or maybe even like. Fuck, the Chargers are playing the Chiefs. That's probably oh, a, yeah, good that's game. a good game. Right, right. Yeah, right. I might it's not my team, but it's a or, good one. Or even, oh, I had a long day. I got out of work late. I'm a little tired. Yeah. I'll just skip this week. It's fine. Hmm. You know, so 
my motivation for meetings has changed over the years too. And I've constantly been in a position of looking at like, why am I coming here? What am I getting out of this? And what is this doing for me? Early in recovery, I think it was like most people, like I went because I was going to fucking use and die if I didn't. Like yeah. that's what you told me. And that's probably the first five years of my life. That was pretty much the motivation, <laughs> you know, if not longer. I mean, right. it might have even have been longer, but that was it. Like I'm going to use and I'm going to die if I don't come here. But then after staying for a long time, like I can, I have seen people that leave and do fine, you know, that are people that I know. And some people say, oh, they just look fine on the outside. No, one of them I fucking work with and he's doing great. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's, he's not using his life's not in the shitter. He shows right. up for work every day. He's a very good employee. He's like my partner at work. Like it's great. He's doing great for himself. And I have nothing against him. You know, he got clean. He got his life together, figured out. And it wasn't what he wanted to do. Good for him. I know some other people that don't come anymore. But for as many of those as I can pick out, I can pick out the tragedy stories, too, of people that stop coming. Even people with a bunch of time that went, like, completely off the rails and, you know, their life's shit. So, I don't know. You can find what you're looking for, I guess. <laughs> well, and, I guess. and I don't know this as totally just theory on my part. But for me, I would wonder how much healing and growth the people have gone mm. through in their time in the recovery process, right? Because for me, what it has felt like, it did not feel like early on that I could stop going to meetings either, right? I, it was definitely a life or death thing. And and I guess the problem is later on trying to argue that message in my head that keeps telling me that. Mm. Like, oh, you better not stop going. You might not use, but you're going to be a miserable fuck. You know how right. this goes, right? But the feeling is that there has been a level of growth and healing inside of me that that's not the case. And so that's where it's like, okay, does it matter if you, you stop going to NA with 30 years or with four? Or is it how much have you been able to heal in that time so where you don't feel the, the need so much to escape from your life all the time? Like maybe you feel a lot better in your body and it just drugs aren't necessarily the answer. Or don't seem like it anymore. Yeah. And I think it's important why people leave. You know, I mean, not why they leave, but what is their motivation not to come? Like mm -hmm. in, in your case, you know, you're doing other things I know of for your mental health and well-being. Um, I can't specifically say for you, but like it's like I said, how far did I get in my recovery? Like, am I fairly stable now? Like if I'm fairly stable now, chances are I might be OK. Like. I don't think if I left NA, I would go out and use now. I don't, I really don't. I may never use again in my life, right? regardless of whether I fucking go to meetings or not. <laughs> you know, my motivation now for going is different, but I think it's important that we have something or a place to go or a connection to something. Like I tend to think that's what church is for a lot of people. Church is just their connection to something because- right. To a I community mean, of some yeah, sort. Yeah, they go, and then you talk to them, and they're, like, cussing and talking about <laughs> cheating on their taxes, and they don't ever mention Jesus' name whatsoever, and then you find out they go to church all the time. Like, really? I would have not pegged you for a church guy. <laughs> but I think that's, like, this connection to, like, a community and a sense of belonging, and, and they probably get some sort of self-help there. If you're in a good church, they're giving you some helpful living your life by good principles stuff, hopefully. Mm. A place to vent if you have, you know, bad things going on, so... Well, and okay, so when we were talking right before the episode, right before you got in here, Caroline, uh, I was thinking that I went to meetings for quite some time just to be of service. Like, I don't like looking back, like, what was I really getting out of this over the, you know, last five, 10 years of my life? Because it, 
it hasn't felt like I'm going to get good information or tips and tricks for how to stay clean, right? <laughs> right. So what am I doing? And, and service was what came to mind because it, it is a nice built-in place to be of service, right? You can show up and help mentor people. You can just be a stable presence. But I don't know, actually, like looking at it while you were talking more about that idea, I don't know that that's really what I was going for. Like there was the opportunity to do that there. But I think especially, okay, and you mentioned COVID, Caroline, and I had for, honestly, I forgot about COVID somehow. Mm. But yeah, I think that was part of this process too. It was, I moved to Cecil County like four years ago. I wasn't connected to people up here. I was trying to be, I was trying to find this, like, where do I fit? Right. Where, who, what people are going to be my community of people? And like, I was trying to do that in the, the Northeast town area where there was a lot of newer people and I felt useful, but I didn't necessarily ever get really connected in there right. because the turnover was too much. Find and a then, peer group. Right. So yeah. then I went to this other meeting where I was a home group member with Caroline and there was like some older, more established, stable members. But I just never like and, and, and like you said, they're nice people. I liked being around them, but I didn't necessarily feel overly connected with them. I didn't feel like we shared similar ways of being or theories about life or where we hope this goes you know they were more of like the the old school kind of sit down shut the fuck up take the cotton out of your ears and put it in your mouth kind of people mm, and like right. that's just not anywhere close to where i'm at right. in my recovery with people so i think what i was really looking for was a place of connection i wanted to connect to a community i want to feel a part of i want to feel like i belong and i didn't and yeah. i think that's what i was leaving upset about every week was like why do i keep coming here if i'm not getting this fulfillment of connection right yeah i would say i i, I hate to blame it on the area and i don't know that the area i don't believe the area is the the biggest piece of the puzzle but i think it is a piece of the puzzle because when i go when i make the hour drive down to baltimore county to go to meetings i relate a lot more to what's happening in the meetings what's being said that yeah hmm. yeah um, not that I'm doing it a ton, so maybe those have been anomalies, but well, they're anniversaries. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> people are talking about not just, not just. Um, <laughs> up here, it's it's harder. It's harder. It's a newer area. Um, newer in that a lot of people don't have much time. Mm. It's just it just feels like a different area, and so I wonder if I lived closer to a more metropolitan region where there was more diversity and more people who had different kinds of lives and doing different kinds of things that if, if I would get more out of the meetings going. Yeah, and that's, I mean, that's one of the issues being in this small rural area is, which is why I kept my old home group for so long. I had the same home group for 20 years because that particular meeting wasn't as subject to that high turnover. Like there was three or four of us that had been there for that 18 years and the meeting had ebbed and flowed, but the core of us were the same and, you know, the the meetings around immediately in like Elkton or this immediate area have changed tremendously, like just, just a lot of recovery houses, a lot of, like, say, younger people with not a lot of time. And it's and I guess that's what we were talking about, you know, as well, Jason and I, for me, I still I go now because I it's my community of people. I feel like sometimes I'm forcing that more than it is. <laughs> you know what I mean is I have the home group now that I'm in since I switched and I've been there a year or so right about a year 
And I don't know that I feel overly close or overly connected to any of those particular people. Mm. Um, I like them. Two of the guys that are in there I've gotten to know pretty well. They're great guys. We're not hanging out on Sundays watching football or going to do stuff together. Actually, that's not true. Me and one of the guys last winter went skiing with our kids. But like, so those are the kind of things that I had built into my recovery, you know, at different times that were really helpful is that connection to other people. And those people happen to be the same guys that went to that home group out there at Rock Church. Mm. So like we were hanging out, watching football, doing sporting events, taking our kids places to do stuff. And so it did feel more like my community and my connection. And, and I'll say, as a guy who tends to see people because of my work who struggle finding friends or finding places to find peers, you know what I mean? Like, I think this is a very normal adult problem. Like, you either meet peers at work or they're people you knew from elementary school. Like, <laughs> right. there's right. kind of, it's hard to meet people right. unless you have like a really built in hobby that you go and do stuff actively for. You might meet a community there. Like, why people join the VFW or whatever the fuck. Right, right. right. And, and I club, whatever that shit is. I do, do think. Do people still join those? Or I, I thought they, they were. They might all be just, dying on Friday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the era of people who join those. Drive the Rising Sun on a Friday night to have VFWs <laughs> hopping. <laughs> but I, I guess maybe that. If you were somebody who says, man, I don't know where to find friends, well, you do kind of have a built-in place where you can sort of do that. Like, you can sort of peruse the meetings looking for <laughs> right. similar yeah. and thinking peers, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but I'm done friend shopping right now. Well, but if you could, <laughs> if you could, if you had somewhere else to get that, would you feel like the meeting necessarily provided a ton of value? Like, if you were already... For some reason, maybe you just joined a, a men's meditation group and made some good buddies in there and you guys all like did the things you're talking about. Would you find that the meetings had much value left? So at this particular moment, I would say yes, but not always. Hmm. No. I, and it's just it happens to be a humble state that I'm in right now that doesn't last all that long all the time, you know, <laughs> and I like say it's the same with the connection piece. Like, I don't know what sparks it to feel like a connection because you know, I have an H&I commitment sharing with Jason before, and I go down to the uh, rehab that's on Route 40. It's like they take state insurance, and it's not the high-dollar hoity-toity rehab, and you go in, and you can tell it's a lot of people that are, like, fresh off the streets, and their hygiene's not great, and they're missing teeth, and, you know, they're just... They're right fresh off the streets, and here I am 20-something years with a successful career and a family, and I'm so far removed from any of that... But yet when I went this time to do my H&I commitment, I'm like, these are my people and this is where I will be if I don't take care of myself and do the right thing. But I don't always feel that way. I can walk into those same that same exact room and be like, what in the fuck am I doing here? Mm -hmm. I have nothing in common with any of these people. This is so much different than the life that I have now. You know, and I don't I don't always know what sparks that. I just I've been lucky maybe i don't know if lucky is the right word but my wife has stayed really connected to the recovery community you know and narcotics anonymous in particular so she's never been overly pushy about me to stay connected but it's always like well that's what she's doing so it's i'll just do piece. that yeah right, it's another mm -hmm. piece and 100 then we have mutual friends and like our social network is kind of based in a lot of that so it is helpful Hmm. Which you don't have that, and you know, you don't I don't have that any yeah. longer now.
This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know. That actually, Jen doesn't listen anymore, does she? I don't want to criticize her. She's listening. <laughs> the thought just occurred to me, and this is not. It's okay. I'll criticize her here in a minute. Right. Not necessarily <laughs> about Jen, but just about like that that person I picture as the old timer in a meeting, and maybe they're not even the actual old timer anymore. Maybe this is the old timer from like 2002 when I first arrived or whatever. <laughs> but I picture this old timer as somebody who almost feels like they didn't grow enough to move on like they do feel kind of stuck in their ways of like this really old information and it doesn't seem like they grew their compassion through the process of recovery or it doesn't seem like they grew to be more understanding and loving like it almost like they got clean they kind of got to this you know i'm thinking like the dry drunk kind of guy right like you're describing your old home group yeah yeah sort of miserable sort of all right but like it's all i I don't know i've never had the thought before that damn maybe it really is an outgrowing to some extent of of a 12-step group and maybe the people who stay missed something to some extent like and i'm not saying that's the case still getting yeah yeah but but yeah i had one of my old sponsors that told me that and and he did some other things like he still went to meetings and at the time I didn't get it. He had, I didn't, I don't think I even had 10 years clean and he w- would say that kind of stuff. He's like, I do some other things, you know, mm-hmm. really to kind of supplement this. Like his version was you will spiritually get to a place where this isn't going to be enough and you'll need to go outside of here to look for other spiritual things. Hmm. You know, if you want to continue to spiritually grow, that was just his opinion and that's what he did. And, you know, I guess that's the case. Now I do some other things for myself. Right. But so we have a pamphlet that's called the loner staying clean in isolation. <laughs> right. So I guess what's interesting to me is we already as a fellowship approved this literature, I think. So we we said we agree with this idea that it's possible to stay clean without hitting meetings. Like and so, the idea behind that was for people that were in rural areas that didn't have access to meetings. Right. So, like when we were in Utah, for example, the closest—I mean, literally—the closest meeting was like two hours away, one way. You had to drive two hours to get to a meeting and come back. So, we had went to some meetings of the other fellowship and didn't feel very connected there. So then we kind of started an NA meeting. Um, but I think in that pamphlet, so old and dated, they talk about fucking phoning into meetings it, and shit. It like it's, it it's so out of touch. It is out of touch. But I guess for me, the idea is that we do believe it's possible to work 
the program without meetings. But it's also positioned as like, this is the worst case scenario. Yeah, and don't they, voluntarily do is. this. Right. Yeah. If you have any other options, <laughs> yeah. this is the worst. It's interesting because we talk about the program as being the 12 steps. And the 12 steps don't require meetings to work. Like you can do that on your own with a sponsor. I guess you could do it on your own without a sponsor too. I've never really I thought about it. I don't think we advise that either. Yeah, we don't, but you could. Sponsor. But anyway, um, so we believe the idea is possible and yet we freak out when people go to meetings and then stop. And that's just kind of fascinating to me. Like, I guess if you start in an area where there's no meetings, well, fine, you're healthy and fine without meetings. <laughs> but if you start with meetings and then decide you don't want to go, that's a different thing. And I don't, I don't know why. The lack of willingness? Is it? The, but why would we say it's lack of willingness? Maybe they're just not well, doing Well, and a lot of it's just fear. I mean, if we come in like, like you and your current path, not going to lie, I worry about you. I'm like, man, I hope he fucking ends up okay. You know, right. because I care about you. You're a friend. I want to see good things for you. I don't want to judge you. You know what I mean? Come in right. here. Jason, you're going to die. You're fucking <laughs> killing yourself. What are you doing? Which is probably what I would have done to people early and, you know, early on with a couple of years right. clean. That's what I would have done. And I don't think that it was based in anything different other than I like this person and I care about this person and I don't want to see bad things happen to them. I just didn't have confidence or a belief that anything other than Narcotics Anonymous would work. It's actually know? fun because as kind of baffled and amazed as I am by by what's going on for me right now, I, I kind of like get joy out of sharing it with you. Like <laughs> It's almost like... I think it's going to be just as baffling for you. Like it would be for me if it was my friend doing it. I'd be like, oh my God, how? How is he doing it? It's crazy. But uh, yeah, so there's a little joy in that for me too. <laughs> just, yeah. It's fun for both of us. Um, but yeah, so I, I mean, why I've seen people. So before Facebook, I really didn't see people leave recovery and do well. Like I just assumed everybody who left was like dead or in the gutter somewhere <laughs> waiting to come back basically. Yeah. And Facebook has kind of opened my eyes because you keep in touch with people who stop coming to meetings and some of them choose to drink regularly or, or you know, socially or whatever we want to call it. And they, I mean, it's been 12 fucking years. Am I still waiting for them to fail? Like, <laughs> but sometimes like they cool. do. Yeah. Sometimes they're just they dead. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, you know, I, not everyone comes in here, grows, gets healthy, and outgrows this process. Some people come in here, they don't really want to do any work. They don't change a lot. And then they go back to right. the life that they had before and that's tragic you know what i mean like man why didn't you just stick around a little longer and do a little more you'd be so much better well it's yeah. it's funny because you were talking about like i work with this guy like you see this guy and are around him every day for long periods of time where it's too long to fake it right because that's the story i told myself too i was like oh they're not really happy they're just doing that stuff and like getting by and they're not really happy or growing right but from more time and being around more people and watching them over the years and like, yeah, I get it. Facebook's not the the almighty like your life is great because you post nice pictures of your kids. But like in general, I got a pretty good idea of like they seem pretty fucking happy. But I've happy. been fooled though. I mean, I know people who have left the rooms like, you know, six, eight, ten, twelve years ago convinced based on Facebook. Right. They are, they are okay. They're keeping their shit together. It's been all this time. They haven't gone off the rails. And then I see the post, they're dead. Mm -hmm. You know? So I don't know. I think for me, like you were talking about earlier, Billy, like leaving or, and, and then you use the reverse, which is choosing not to come. And for me, like I don't feel like I've left, just like choosing not to come right now. And see, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. So like the door is still open and 
I would worry about myself if I was like, I'm never going back to those meetings. That would be a place where I would get concerned about myself. That closed mindedness. I'm going through a, a bit of a hard time right now. Like I um, found out about a month and a half ago that I guess it wasn't, I don't know, like a month, yeah, month, month and a half ago that I'm getting laid off in a few weeks. I literally have not had one job interview. Mm-hmm. Um, it, 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 it's not a great scenario. And so I, so I, I, <laughs> such a weird, weird topic to be doing because I have, I've gone to two meetings, but they've not been 12 step meetings. Um, I, I recently just in the last few weeks have gone to a couple of the recovery Dharma meetings because I do feel like I need probably something because this is a bit of a tough time in my life. Um, I don't know that that's the solution for me. I need community. And I don't know that I'm finding that there or going to find that there. I've not had success finding that in this region in the NA meetings. I've thought about going to AA. But then I'm like, do I change fellowships just to try to make friends, <laughs> like to find people that I have things in common with? Um, I would say yes. Fuck yeah. Yeah. I mean, try me. it. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. I don't think you're going to find the answers in AA, honestly. Not around here. Cecil County is hard. just, it's yeah. just, I mean, I've lived here six years and I have, I, Billy, maybe you can like, like, put it in words. I have yet to be able to nail down what this area, the people in this area, or the people that go to twelve step meetings anyway, are about because it's just such a weird area. It's a different to way me. of yeah. life. Yeah, it feels like. yeah, it is. It's it. Well, and they talk about it having its own, uh, its own culture. You know, communities have their own culture Mm -hmm. and this county has a particular culture and I don't know how to describe it. And I guess maybe it is easier. Did you grow up around here? Baltimore County. Okay. So, and that's shockingly where you feel more comfortable. Um, (laughs) But no, I grew up in the city and then moved here when I was like 11, 12. But I would say I grew up here because I always felt really comfortable in the culture, like, and was like, oh, yeah, this is my community. These are my people. Like, when I was a teenager, this is where I wanted to be and feel a part of. So maybe that's why it's easier for me Mm. to feel connected because there's a sense of familiarity or a sense of comfort in the culture that you might not get. Because in my life, like I've had different, you know, my family, my parents owned a business and we were like middle, upper class, you know, successful. And we weren't always like whatever, hanging out in cornfields, drinking fucking rye whiskey or whatever, you know, country people do. (laughs) You know, we have like different cultural experiences in my life, but still there's a connection and I can feel okay. Whereas if I went to like an inner city meeting, I would feel totally out of place. Right. You know, it just would feel totally out of place. The recovery sort of podcast where we won't stereotype at all. <laughs> right. Sort of. Always. <laughs> sort of. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know though. I got to be honest. I, I hear what you're saying, Caroline. I don't feel like this would be any different if I was anywhere else. I mean, of course I feel less connected in the meetings up here, less likely to see somebody I know or familiar faces, but. I don't think this would be any different at like my old home group in Baltimore City at whatsoever. In fact, I think it might actually be worse there. <laughs> but your needs for conduction are probably, I mean, they are. They're very different than mine. Mm. So. Yeah. And I think that's what's most important is that connection 
piece, you know, like that's what, and that's why I encourage people all the time. Like when they say, Oh, I'm in his home group and I, you know, I don't I'm like, fuck, go get a new one. Fuck it. You don't have to stay there. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like you should stay there. Go look around, shop around, find somewhere where you feel like you connect with the people. That was the most important motivating factor for me to go to my old home group for the longest amount of time. And even now, I don't think any of my current home group members listen I'm going to probably switch back to my old home group because they changed some things and the guys, some of the guys are still there. And you know what I mean? Those are fucking guys that I've known for 20 something years. I've been in their wedding. They were in my wedding. Like these are my fucking friends on top of being people that hang out at these meetings. And that is a huge motivator to show up there sometimes because like I don't really see them as much anymore. Our kids are older and now we're doing adult life stuff. You know, old people life stuff where you get to make your own choices of shit you want to do, not what your kids are doing with sports every week. And yeah, I'm like, man, I miss those guys. Like, I miss that connection with those people. And I haven't, I haven't found that, but yet I've still found some sort of connection to recovery. But I did start going to some more meetings over in Hartford County too in the last year. You know, I got a sponsor that's not in this area. I, travel outside of this area and i probably feel as much connection with that you know the harford county side of people that i've built in my recovery community now that's also taken effort on my part as far as like i don't even like anniversary i hate anniversary meetings but my sponsor does the thing where he's like hey so and so celebrating this night you know come on out i fucking go to some of these guys i don't even know but i'm trying to make myself a part of Mm -hmm. One of the things for me that was humbling that I realized, especially after traveling and being around, was I had this attitude when we traveled around. Like, I would go into meetings and be like, I have fucking 17 years clean. Like, you people should know that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you should recognize. Like, that should mean. And this maybe gets back to the clean time thing. The ring. Yeah, it was like some weird. So, I would go into meetings and there was this weird for me thing of like, well, I don't want to say I'm a new person, but then how do you sort of say you got all this time without saying it? Cause you don't want to be that arrogant fucking guy. And then I was like paralyzed into like not knowing what to say. And so I would sit there and not say much and then judge the shit that nobody came up to talk to me after the meeting or be my friend or ask any questions about me. Mm-hmm. And so now I can go to meetings and I recognize like sometimes even with 20 years clean and i'll say this out loud like in my meeting in the home group i feel like i'm the outcast i feel like i'm the one that doesn't belong there like they all belong there they got their group i don't really know them all that well and i'm the one that's fucking feels awkward and out of place and like i shouldn't be here and i guess the really interesting thing from that statement to me is that we just did that episode on self-discipline and we both agreed that like the idea of tuning into yourself and really figuring out what's right for your body as opposed to what people are telling you you're supposed to be doing is more conducive to self-discipline. And yet I feel like your body is telling you you're the fucking outsider. You're the outcast. You're the piece that doesn't necessarily belong here or fit in with this group. And yet you're still trying to force it. That's interesting. Well, so the way that plays out, though, that's like the way though I look at that is like getting up in the morning for the gym. Like every morning I get up and I'm like, fuck it, I'm skipping today. I'm not going. That's the first 
almost thought that not every day, but like three days out of the week. That's the first thought. And then I'm like, get the fuck up and go. You'll be fine. The meeting thing is the same. I will think that and feel that way. And then after the meeting, I hang out for a couple minutes. I chat with a couple of the guys that I like or people that I know. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, that's bullshit. Hmm. I belong here just as much as anybody else. I'm a, I'm the one putting myself on the outside, not this group of people. I mean, I got to be honest. You can say that. And I love that it's working afterwards. Like, it feels good. So, okay, maybe I retract my statement about it not being right for you. But this idea that, uh, like, if I look at you in a in a meeting of 30 people, chances are there's another guy who's got 10, maybe a guy with 12, maybe a guy with four, a guy or girl. I'm just saying guy. Uh, you know, maybe a person with th- two most of those other people are like in versions of chaotic use or chaotic early recovery and don't match which like you are the outsider just looking at the picture. So I, I just, you know, I, I don't want you to put that on you as in like I'm making myself the outsider. like you are. You're different than most of those right. people, unfortunately. And and that's where I think maybe the problem comes in later in recovery. It's It's not like, can I still relate to these people? But it's you do. When you said Cecil County is tough. Beyond the fact that the people are a little different, there's also the fact of if you walk into a meeting with 10 people, there's only 10 chances to have a a peer that's like you. If you walk into a meeting with 100, there's 100 (laughs) fucking chances. There's 10 times as much opportunity. Right. And I feel like that's that's kind of the same idea. Like the longer you stay, the less opportunity you have for peers because most of them ain't there. And I believe that's why some people love the online Zoom meeting thing. Because that opened up different mm. peer groups and access to different communities that they didn't have before. Right. And all of a sudden they join some home group that's a bunch of similar. And I mean, again, that's why even for me, even now, part of what you're saying is true. I'll give you a little credit there. <laughs> um, but, and I'm like, I'm thinking like I need to go back to my old home group because maybe there is something to that feeling. And it is important that I feel connected and a part of like that's a. I think that's it's the important point. that I feel right. Well, that's uh, it's important that I feel it, not that I just force it. Right. You know, and I got that from that other group of people. And so it's like, eh, they've made some changes that I think would make that a more recovery conducive environment for me. I can still get those connections. So I will probably end up shifting back, you know, and, and we'll see it how it plays out now what people keep saying to me i'm like oh, that sounds stupid they're like well, why don't you just go to both meetings in the week you know and go to two i'm like ah oh, two that's <laughs> that's hard <laughs> try it out till december I'm gonna give you my well one's on wednesday one's on thursday i can't go to two back to back like who's got that kind of time <laughs> <laughs> alternate weeks <laughs> caroline you had said something about my needs for connection being different than yours what do you what was did you mean by that? I was curious. You have a very full house. You're around people all okay. the time. That's what I thought you. Yeah, meant, yeah. It's the, right. the family thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I got my dogs, but mm-hmm. I'm alone a lot. So I think my, yeah, I think my needs for connection are are definitely different in that circumstance. Like you need, uh, well, and I don't. I'm not saying you need this, but just to give the the, <laughs> Let me tell you what you're the right. difference. <laughs> No, just trying to lay out like what the difference might look like for somebody who's listening. So like for me, what I'm picturing, Caroline needs the community that's going to like text each other throughout the week and hang out maybe on the weekends, maybe even on a weeknight here and there. Like people to actually actively that's be in your bar. life. I don't even <laughs> expect that. Well, I uh, mean, the thing, right? The thing is, right, guys, like I'm, I'm in my, my late 30s now. 
women my age have families and kids like mm-hmm. to find people that are actually going to have time to like hang out mm-hmm. but just to even be able to go to a meeting and find people that i have things in common with and and Ooh. in that period of time the half an hour before half an hour after get connection right that's yeah. like like that that's all i'm looking for like i don't expect more than that because it's yeah i don't i don't it's it's tough it's tough at this age range like that's what people my age are doing and i and i okay and so to contrast that with what my needs feel like you're right i have five kids right there's two of them are a little older and not around as much anymore but yeah i got my wife i got the three younger ones like i do have a lot of connection at my house and and what i get from other people throughout the week most of my connection is through messaging services like it's just the thing i have time for it's the thing that the people i connect with seem to have time for in their life you know uh, i'll send a fucking three paragraph message to somebody (laughs) just about some shit i was going through or thinking about or thinking through and they'll respond it's it's a lot like the conversations we have on this podcast it's just through messaging and and i've got like five people i do that with not to cut you off real quick but there's another one my wife uses that marco polo app oh right she loves that yeah yeah she loves it (laughs) well she likes it because she keeps in touch she's like that has helped her keep in touch with her like peer group of girlfriends because she doesn't have an hour to sit out on the telephone you know what i mean to chat and catch up but she said with that marco polo thing like they can leave a message and if it's it's like talking minutes. into the abyss. Yeah. <laughs> I I was using that with, with my my sponsor um, that I had most recently who I don't even know. Maybe still my sponsor. I haven't fired. She hasn't fired <laughs> me. So I guess she's still my sponsor. But it was like <laughs> kind of the point where I'm like, this is just like a verbal journal entry because by the time she would respond back, she would have forgot. Like there's, there's not that, you know what I mean? Like Instant. you dump and then you listen and then. You start recording, and there's not that give and take mm. in the conversation. So a lot gets like just missed. And see, that's the thing, though. Like that works for my, but right. I, yeah, she's not, like I've tried to do that, Marco Paul, and I feel the same way. I'm like, this is stupid. I feel like I'm. This is dumb. I'll just call you if I want to. <laughs> like it just doesn't work for me. But I didn't like virtual meetings either. I hated virtual meetings and tried a few and was like, nope, that's not. I need in person. I want to see people. I want to talk face-to-face you know, i definitely prefer that but it's just the way my life is set up yeah. right now the messaging is easier and and like i said there's there's four or five people in my life that i message regularly sometime at least weekly if not more often and we just talk about shit we talk about how we feel we talk about what we're doing um and maybe this is the place to go into like the practices that i do feel like yeah, have helped me working. while i'm not going to meetings um so that's been helpful to have that that network, you know, and, and honestly, thinking about it, the idea of trying to find more space for another relationship in my life, like a, whether that be being a sponsor or just being friendly with somebody in, in a meeting, somebody comes into a meeting and they're new and they want to connect and they want like, what's everybody do for fun? Where are you guys going this weekend? I'm like, I don't have any space for you. Yeah. Honestly, like you're going to be a detriment to the things that already work in my life. You're going to take away from the space I already talked to somebody or something. So like that doesn't feel like a thing I need right now. I do two, what are called supervision groups at my work, but really look a lot more like four or five of us getting together and chatting about whatever's going on in our life or in our caseload. Uh, That ends up being really personal. Most of the time I journal regularly, which looks like once or twice a week for me. I meditate every day. 
Um, I do this podcast, which I consider part of my fucking recovery because we meet up here regularly and structured to talk about recovery based topics. Yeah. And in between episodes, we talk about our own lives yeah. all the time. So and we research and read yeah. and learn about things. Right. The research throughout the week. I mean, uh, for anybody who's never made a podcast, it takes three to four times as long as the podcast is to edit it. So, like, I'm spending five hours of my week working around topics and editing. And hearing all my great information. Right. I'm here. <laughs> Billy's sponsoring me through the, listening to the podcast through editing it. Three uh, times. <laughs> right. I had to listen three times. I'm like, this motherfucker better stop pausing between words. God damn it. If I got to take out another space now. Um, but, yeah, so, like, these are generally the practices that have helped me, I feel like, a lot in my in my life. They're the things that have been guiding me that keep me fulfilled and and feeling good uh oh and therapy i do therapy as well like with a therapist i'm the client so i'm still actively in that too so i mean there's a ton i feel like that i do weekly for my life and my recovery i don't and i just can't imagine even when i've thought about it like why would i go to a meeting what would i be looking for there and i don't feel like i have a need that it could fill yeah. And I was there for a long time. And see, I think I'm on the other end of that. And I am at a place where I'm like, I need more male quality relationships in my life. Like I, I'm to a point now where I need that because my kids are older and they're all independent and they pretty much do their own thing. So I'm not filled up with most of that. And so now I'm like, all right, now that I have space for that. <laughs> Right. I got a fucking friend shop to fill it because <laughs> like I've had best friends through this process, people that I was really close with, really connected with. And I have a lot of people, you know, that I'm that I know in recovery, you know, but not a lot of guys that I'm really close with. There's probably two people in recovery that I'm close with, you being one of them and then Fred, my sponsor, being the other. Other than that, everyone's really just acquaintances and friends. And then even my sponsor, like that's got a. A little different role than like a friend relationship and for good reason i like to keep it there i don't want to be too much friends but we you can't know, be too chummy <laughs> yeah right i need somebody who's gonna be honest and you know tell right. me honestly what they see so it's like i'm now at this other side of like i'm going to meetings to try to build my community and it's probably only going to be a couple of people it's not like it's going to be i don't need 30 i just need two or three guys right. that i'm close with that we can go out and do stuff or hang out or whatever and and Caroline, I want to ask you about uh, the practices you're doing, but I, I wanted to comment just real quick on one of the things I heard a long time ago in the recovery community was like, you have to stay in touch with these people regularly in your network. So that way, when the catastrophic or tragic event does happen, you already have that ease of relationship to be able to reach out. Yeah. And I feel like that exists I mean, for me, it exists in a few places, but I feel like when you were describing like you and me being close, we don't talk a ton during the week, but it pretty much never fails. We send a text or two each way and it keeps us in that position of like when something happens, it happened a couple months ago. You texted yeah. me, you were like, hey, can we do a phone call later? And I'm like, come the fuck over. We'll sit outside and talk <laughs> like it yeah. just we're what we're doing. Our practices have kept us in the position to have somebody, I guess when that tragic moment happens like i have at least three people if not four that i'm like yeah i'm definitely telling them every tragic event that happens in my life or anything i'm going through like i feel connected in that way i don't feel like i'm gonna be ass out when things happen bad and so i haven't questioned in my own like so in the past i've had relationships with like guys that i was really good friends with and like 
am I willing to do the same work I did in the beginning of those friendships and relationships now? Like, and I don't know that I always am. And what I mean by that is a lot of those friendships were born out of we were all in the same home group. But I didn't join that home group because we were all connected. It happened as a result mm. of showing up there for weeks and then months and then years and then it's like all of a sudden well shit i've watched you grow and your kids grow and every you know right. now we just know each other by default <laughs> like so going back to the idea of like the practices that have helped you feel okay what do you feel like you've done in your life i know i know you're giving me that smile because you said <laughs> i don't do anything but i don't really believe that uh but like what kind of things have helped you feel centered and stay okay i feel so not centered right now uh, so fair. not centered right now it's the job thing yeah, i was gonna say the that's, job that's thing a lot really that's a lot like i was um I was sitting actually in this room this past Thursday for the Dharma recovery meeting and um, Jenny did a, a meditation and like a guided meditation and had this entire list of questions like, what do you want from your life? What do you want your short term to be? What, how, how do you feel when you think about that? Like just these broad kind of general life questions. And I'm like, I don't know mm. the fucking answer. Mm -hmm. to any of these right now right. like this job impending job loss has me feeling really lost outside of that <laughs> what i would say is you know i i i was trained for so many years my entire adulthood basically that like if you're not in recovery practicing a program going to meetings you're going to use um and that is the last thing I want. And so throughout all of this, whether I've been actively seeking other ways to improve my mental well-being or not, I've tried to remain really keyed in to like, how am I doing? And if I'm not feeling okay, like, what do I need to do about that? So I would say right now, I'm much more like just trying to like get through the days um, and a lot of that, like keeping myself okay is like physical activity. Like that's the hiking is a really big one for me. Um, I've been trying to get back more into yoga. I was doing really good. And then I, I was out of town for some reason, like being in someone else's home, I, I can do yoga every day. And then I get to my house and it's just like, oh, I'm just going to sit on the couch. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I will say comfort in our own home. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You mentioned like, I don't have these practices and yet, you know, while a seated meditation or a lying meditation is a more formal version, like there's absolutely mindfulness and meditative practices in hiking, breathing, yoga, like all things that you express that you do some of. So I, I don't, again, I don't think you're doing nothing. Like I don't yeah, think it works. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't think I'm doing, I'm certainly not doing as much as, you know, like when I really started to pull back from meetings, it was a conscious decision because I was doing other things. I was doing, you know, group group therapy for like a widow's group. And I was doing, um, you know, therapy with a counselor. And I'm probably going to, I texted my old therapist yesterday. So I'm probably going to be getting back into therapy again. Like it's just for me, like just being aware, yeah. being aware because I don't, I don't want to destroy my life. You know, I don't love my life right now. Like, I don't, I don't love it, but like, I don't want to end up with a needle in my arm. So, when we throw around the word 
trauma a lot, you know, for a lot of things, but losing a job, especially this was like a career that you've been at a long time. Like that can be pretty catastrophic. It's, yeah, it's identity. I mean? Like it's very theft. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, when it's unexpected, I think it's even yeah. more traumatic and you don't see it coming. Yeah. I mean, I kind of saw it coming, but like, I've been unhappy there for a while. I've been having major issues with my boss all year mm. and I really brought it on myself. If I'm being honest, like that whole, the quiet quitting thing, mm. I wasn't quiet. <laughs> I was like vocally like I wasn't quitting but I was like no I'm not taking on more like I'm not I'm not putting more on my people I'm not taking I like I cannot do anymore and so it wasn't a total surprise but still hmm hmm that doesn't feel fucking good yeah what uh, I have to do more than my job requirements oh, yeah, 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 yeah. no do more. more with less we've been doing that for three years I I, I was I'm done I'm I not like doing right. more with less I did more with less but, last year but, but and, and anyway, we, that, we'll do the career follow-up yeah. like, <laughs> let, well, let me find a new job first right. the other thing I wanted to <laughs> say just to give yourself a little bit of like whatever space there is like just because things are uncomfortable or in this weird transition now doesn't necessarily mean you're doing anything like wrong or that it just maybe it's just an indicator like you do need to change some stuff and whether it's the meetings you go to the fellowship the area where you go to meetings you know something outside of that like it is that awareness that's going to help you figure out like this doesn't feel good this isn't where i want to stay you know and and finding what's going to help that because like i sort of always say to myself like doing heroin gets rid of all of my problems really quickly for a minute you know like it because when i'm fucked up like that i don't care i right. don't really care i don't care how i feel i don't care how you feel and nothing matters you know and that can be a good break if i am fucking overwhelmed yeah i mean i i heard a lot of self-awareness in what you were mm -hmm. saying too a lot of this ability to like i'm really just trying to pay attention to myself and see what i need which i don't I think that's a very recovery practice of being like yeah. self-aware and like trying to tune in. Okay. What's next? What will be useful from me from here? What does it feel like is missing? So I think that's a beautiful practice just in and of itself of recovery. And I don't know that you're embracing that you're, you're doing all that yeah, for yourself. You know, I, I think that, and, and we talked about this the other day too, like what I'm doing today, I could not have done with a year, two years, right. probably yes. five years. Yeah. I didn't have I didn't have the foundation. I didn't have the awareness and I didn't have the practice using the tools. I had the tools, but I didn't have right. the practice. Or maybe um, the healing that allows you to use those tools in any given moment, right? Yeah, the ability right. to like calm that survival state down. Like we don't like you said, I, I with two years I'm stopped going to meetings for a time and with like somewhere between six and nine was when I was doing a lot of that schooling for the apprenticeship and missed a lot of meetings. And both of those times it was a negative. Right. So it's like it's only been this time that I've had this positive experience with not hitting meetings. It's not like something that lasted or or had right. before. What were you saying? Sorry, I, kind of I have you. no idea. Uh, yeah, it's gone. <laughs> you know, the other the other piece of what Billy said of like, we can't necessarily judge how our recovery is going just because things don't feel well due to some circumstances outside of us. I mean, just looking back at this past week, I had a really rough fucking week and I don't completely know why. Like there's a lot of little factors in my life. My mother's boyfriend passing. My daughter got suspended from school for buying edibles. Like there's some little shit going on. There's some shit at my job that felt a little funky, but it wasn't about like I need to do anything or change this. It was really for me, at least what it felt like was the process of just sitting with like mm -hmm. things are fucking hard right now. 
that's yeah. sucky. I'm going to sit still with it and hopefully it'll pass. And through some of the practice I did through, you know, a therapy practice of like talking to my inner child and like self-comfort, it felt like that happened. But if you'd have asked me Wednesday, I'd have been like, oh, my God, the fucking sky's falling. I should probably go back to meetings like the world is falling apart for me right now. I'm scared as hell. And then Thursday I did this meditation and then I started feeling. So it's like I don't want to judge myself by how my life is going or how I feel. Like I can't judge my recovery by that because we're not always going to feel good just because we're doing recovery. And like, yeah, maybe there are some things I can change, but that self-awareness of like, does this situation require a change to feel better? Or is this just a shitty feeling because people die and things don't feel good sometimes? Yeah. Like sometimes I just got to sit there and that's mm -hmm. okay. I don't Goddamn know. First step shit. Right. Well, <laughs> like, and that's what know, I pictured with losing your job. What can I change? Job. What can I not change? What, you know, what am I supposed to do here? I don't yeah. know. Well, yeah. it's, I guess yeah. that's what I picture with being laid off. It's like, yeah. Am I going to judge how my recovery is going because it's uncomfortable to be scared about not having enough money for my mortgage? I don't think that's a way to judge your recovery. I right. think that's right. like, that's a fucking scary that's situation. Life, yeah, scenario. Yeah. And if you weren't scared, I would be like, are you high? <laughs> right. What the fuck is going on? Like, you should be scared, bro. You're not going to have a job. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know if there's a way to quantify this or, or, and, and this is where it does get a little, I don't want to say scary, but like the question was brought to me in tackling some of these topics that seem more advanced around the recovery idea. Are we ever going to present ideas to people that maybe are too soon for them or they're not ready for or, you know, is there a piece of suggestion like, hey, if you're less than six months or less than a year, maybe you shouldn't stop going to meetings <laughs> or, you know, I, I don't know the right way to express this. I'm just trying to help people who have experienced it or who are experiencing it like that guy who's got whatever 15 17 20 25 years or that girl who's got that and and they're sitting there feeling uncomfortable because they have this desire to not go and i want to be the person who's got a voice who says i have felt that i have been there i get it this is what i did this is what worked or didn't work like I didn't have that fucking voice and I felt like I was just arguing against all the program information in my head the whole time and like, oh my God, I'm going to die if I don't go to these meetings. But I wish somebody would have been there to support me through I gotta that. I got to say, now you mentioned that and I realize I'm guilty of that as well. Like being in meetings and saying, yeah, I've been through periods of time where I don't go to meetings and it sucked and it was terrible and you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You know, and I don't know that that's the right information to give there. I, I mean, I don't, if that's what's your experience, I guess, but I, I just... There was no voice to help me guide me mm -hmm. through that process. And and I'm not an interesting thing you said that struck me weird. Like, I wouldn't say I'm not a Narcotics Anonymous member. I don't feel like a fucking active member. That's for sure. I, I feel like uh, I don't. I always have the, like the emails when you archive them. Eh. I feel like I, somebody archives my eh. membership. But it's I know like, what you mean. There. So there's the people that leave that are like, fucking a those people right. suck. I'm there. You know, it shit doesn't work or whatever. And like in my times of not going to meetings, it's always been more like you're talking about. Like the door was never shut. It was never anything against like the meetings or the fellowship. Mm -hmm. It was just like, oh, I'm too busy or I don't have time or that doesn't work for me or, or you know right this minute or whatever but it was always still like oh yeah it's it's there when i want to use it i'll it's just still go a back part of your identity it. Yeah. it might not be for you I'm not for me it like is it is, yeah. it is it like is, i still yeah, am a member was, of yeah. na like that hasn't gone i yeah. feel like it's an option still though 
Like, I wouldn't hesitate if things were bad and I wasn't sure what to do. I wouldn't hesitate to think, oh, meetings might help. But I guess help. for me, I've realized it's always an option. Like, it's that's the thing. Like, it's always got to be optional. No one's making me. I don't go out of some sort of fear or that my life is going to collapse or that oh, okay. I'm not going to have any friends. I was thinking of it's the It's always reverse. a conscious choice that, like, no, I'm going to actively engage myself in this process Sort of like the self-discipline. Like, even when I don't want to, I'm going to go to my home group because I'm choosing to engage in this process. I was thinking more the reverse. I don't feel like NA is not an option for me. Mm. You know what I mean? So, like, if shit hit the fan or if things got bad or if, like, I was sitting here expressing things were rough and you were like, man, maybe a meeting would help. Like, I would be open to that. I still feel open to that idea, but I'm probably not gonna go to a meeting anytime soon like i have no interest listening to to you both on the podcast though your identity as members of na comes Mm. through like at the core the way you guys you guys speak from that place of like this yeah we say we a lot yeah 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 so that's still that's still there for you it is but i i don't feel like i identify in as a current member i guess and and again it's not anything about bad about na and i don't have any ill will or think it doesn't work or recommend people don't go i just it just doesn't seem to have anything for me right this minute ironically it's really funny i've actually like within the last just few weeks i got like a call two weeks ago from a recovery house from a girl wanting to ride to a meeting which hadn't happened in like a year (laughs) that is weird and then um just this past Friday, I got a call from uh, someone from phone line wanting to update the 12 step list and wanted to know if I, I still wanted to be on it. And so my question would be, what what would be your answer to that? Hmm. That's a good question. I, I don't know. I mean, my initial response is probably not because my life is not set up to run out the door at any given moment. Well, so this is not you don't have to go pick them up. This is just for someone to talk to potentially that or it could still be. takes up time though. yeah okay. you know what i mean yeah so my answer was yes so maybe right. that's that that maybe maps out the difference between well, where we're at i would definitely if i was a, a single man with no kids at this point sure why not i have time for that like i can fit that in but right now thinking about that call coming in and what i might be doing in my evening or day and i'm probably not going to want to answer so no i don't think i'm the person to, to help there i don't I don't feel like there's a benefit right this second, not to, to helping people, but just in going to a meeting. I, I can't picture, which is why I haven't been. I can't picture something that I would gain from it or something I'm missing that I would need. And I, and I think that's really where all this comes from. Right. It's just. And so maybe it's not the idea of like not going to meetings is bad or, or not going to meetings is good or whatever. It's just more the idea of like evaluating the intention behind it and realizing what you need in your life because that's what it feels like i I just don't have any intentions of getting anything there. yeah and and i agree with that from a growth perspective right like if i were to go it would just be to try to build that community again and try to have that connection like i don't feel like i go to 12-step meetings today and get information that i can then process to my benefit yeah, it's very rare that I do that. Caroline actually said something interesting to me the other day, and I hadn't really thought about this a whole lot. Uh, can I talk about this? I, I don't know what it is. <laughs> <All right. laughs> do you want to whisper it in my ear I'll first? I'll edit it out. <laughs> I'll edit it out. I mean, if nothing else, I guess Billy will hear, but I will. Um, we were talking about the idea of you meeting 
uh, a new romantic interest. Mm -hmm. And my suggestion was go to more meetings, right? I was like, sure, why not? That's a cool place to meet people that you have something in common with. And your thought was that feels like a malicious use of the program. Questionable. I wouldn't say malicious. Okay. Questionable. Yeah. But again, I mean, that comes back to that whole when you were saying to Billy about like he is the odd person out. My odds of finding someone. So it's actually through, not. It's just not yeah. great odds. It's not the I sanctity mean. of the program you're worried about. It's the fact that it's not going to work. Yeah. I would go if I would find a mate there. Yeah. But, but what it made me think of was you two both talking about this community and going there more for that than anything else. And I guess, honestly, I, I'm not trying to criticize, but like when I step back a little bit, that doesn't feel like appropriate use of a 12-step meeting. Like it feels like if you're not there to either get the help they're offering or be of service to provide that kind of help. I don't know. I am kind of questioning, like, what are you there for? Yeah. That was also in reference to changing fellowships, right? So, like, so I think the difference is, for me, that felt very strange to, like, actively change fellowships to try to go and meet someone Mm -hmm. because I am not adding any value to that meeting and that fellowship just through my presence being there. Whereas if I were to go to like an NA meeting where I do have experience, I do have, you know, something to give back and share while I'm there. That feels different. That feels like I'm, I'm giving something and potentially getting something. And that's fair. I I just picture for me, I'm like, I, if I was going there and my bigger intention was just to reinforce or make new community relationships around me, I don't know. I, part of me says, well, okay, yeah, that's kind of what 12 steps are for. It is about the community. But the other part's like, I don't know, man. If you're not going to learn or grow or give back, like you're kind of cheating the program. Yeah. I mean, I still actively work steps with a sponsor. Like right. I actively write on my steps. So I'm still engaged in the process. So it's not the only reason I go. It's just probably the biggest motivator yeah but you don't go to the meeting to work the steps like you do all that on your own kind of do because we do a step working out before uh, my home group so that's why I, that's why i picked that home group but there's okay. value to billy that's a, showing that's a up technicality and being there as the power of example of yeah. the program like that's just just his presence in the meeting is adding value and i was going to say the same thing to you about going to other fellowships too i, I personally this is my opinion Everybody that walks into a meeting has something to offer. Every human being has something to offer. Well, yeah. yeah, you're either an example of what to do or what not to do. Right? <laughs> Sometimes well, both. <laughs> and I guess I want to say that a little differently then. Every human being's existence has worth and some sort of value. So the fact that they're there, maybe it's not for me. Maybe it's for somebody else or maybe I'm there for them or maybe somebody else is there for them. Like. We don't know how all that works. I don't know when I go to a meeting who I'm going to connect with that time or who's going to say something that hits a nerve in me that's like, oh, shit, I never really looked at that that way. Because while I haven't heard much new things through meetings, I have heard things differently mm-hmm. at different times in meetings based on where I was and in, in, in myself, I mean, and what my awareness was on my issues. Recently, though, because I feel like I even even that. Yeah, in the last, I mean, yeah. still, I mean, I, yeah, well, mostly I still do a lot of like self-help books and digging into stuff. And so I'm constantly looking at, for new ways to look at things. <laughs> yeah, but that's not from the meeting. Yeah. <laughs> like, are you hearing things in meetings today that bring you value? Because you're hearing them differently, potentially. 
I was not. I was not either. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I guess I chalk the whole thing up to a value. Like, I don't, I'm not looking for that one thing. It's like the whole, the, the, the overall experience, you know what I mean? It's like going to a restaurant, coming out full and satisfied, but being like, it might not have been the main course, but it might have been the dessert, or it could have just been the complement of things. I don't know. Yeah. So I don't see this happening for me anytime in the near future either. Not to say that it can't, just that I can't picture it. But I, I would say if I was inspired to go back to a meeting, it would probably not be NA. And that's not because any ill will or bad thoughts towards NA. I just think there's other programs I could probably learn more about myself in. You know, if a adult children of alcoholics meeting, like a thriving one opened up in Cecil County, I'm probably checking that shit out, yeah. right? Because there's a lot of information in there that's, I don't want to say deeper or bigger or better than, you know, Narcotics Anonymous, but it's just different. It's yeah, stuff it's I different. haven't heard yeah. before instead right. of the same old rehashed kind of cliches. And I feel like there would be more benefit to me seeking out that or, you know, if I wanted to go to like a, I don't even know if this fucking exists, but like a Nicotine Anonymous meeting for vaping, <laughs> like that would might possibly bring value to my life like those there are things i think i can learn from people and and groups i could be a part of i just i don't know that narcotics anonymous has a lot of space for seasoned members who aren't necessarily struggling with the basics anymore that's kind of what it's about and And i feel that with recovery dharma like just being in the couple of meetings i've been in and and reading the excerpts from the book i'm like this is this is new this is something Mm. i feel like i can i could you know, it's still very foreign to me, but this feels like something that has potential to add value, yeah. like new information, new ways of thinking about things. Hmm. So what is, I, I guess maybe this episode is about what to do when meetings don't feel like they're providing what they used to provide or when they don't feel like they're, I, I used the term hitting the spot earlier, but I can't really, I don't have a better <laughs> term for that, right? Yeah. Like they're not, meetings at one point scratch the itch. I went. I heard things, I connected, I was like, oh yeah, me too, and I felt better when I left, and they stopped doing that. So, like, I guess the the question is, like, what are your options when that happens? You know, I I mean, you can keep going, you can kind of push through it, maybe it is just a stale piece of your, you know, life or something, or your recovery, where it just feels kind of stagnant, possibly, right? You, You could try to get more involved. You could do some of the practices we talked about that are just more personal practices. You could continue to stay in touch with people and work steps. If you had a step study or, or something less formal, like a weekly Saturday morning, we have brunch together and talk recovery. And then I work steps throughout the week. Like there's a lot of different ways this can look, I guess. And it doesn't have to be so singled into, did you hit a sanctioned re- n- narcotics anonymous meeting? You know what I mean? Cause we can accomplish those same goals in a lot of other ways. And if meetings aren't feeling like it, maybe there's some ways you can adapt your life and look at that and, and make it fit in a different way that is still recovery oriented. Any final thoughts? I was just say hit more meetings and you'll find one you like. <laughs> you just haven't done enough work. <laughs> well, there you go. No, but uh, this area could just be really limited. So. Yeah. Drive further. Yeah. <laughs> Spend more of your time when you don't feel like you have it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't have any better advice than that. <laughs> I think the more we do this, the more I learn that recovery is a highly individualized process and, and things that worked or didn't work for me may or may not work for other people and it's really just like 
can we feel safe enough to branch out, try things, and see what happens? Well, not only that, what worked for me a year or two ago might not work for me now. Exactly. You know, like just things, it's an evolving and changing process. And as I grow and change and become this different person, my needs and shit are different. And then my life is different, so my needs are different. And, you know, it's it's the awareness starts with the awareness, and then what can I do about it? The awareness is so huge, too, though, because like at the core, like I just I do. I keep coming back to this like, OK, someone with six months who's like, I hate going to meetings and they hear this like it, this, the self-awareness to know truly how you feel inside and where you're sitting, because this can kill you mm, like yeah. it can kill you. And if and if meetings are a piece of like keeping that from killing you, like then meetings are a good thing i don't know it just it scares yeah, I guess me still at my core that's still there yeah. that there is still that little piece of that it's like well that still hits that spot for me <laughs> like, mm-hmm. and, and i think if i had to give one like caveat or disclaimer and maybe i should have did this at the beginning for all the people who don't listen to the end uh, especially an hour and a half in <laughs> but just this idea of like I, I think we hold too tight a lot of times from our experience in our life to this black and white thinking right? If I do this, it's great. If I do this, it's not as good or it's bad. And allowing ourselves the freedom to know that no decision is going to be the downfall of everything, right? Like I have the space to experiment and I did not feel that early on. Like I felt like, oh my God, I can't take two meetings and I mean, two weeks and not go to a meeting and just see what happens. Because maybe you couldn't, though. Well, well, right. But I, I'm not saying to do this in like a, a, a dangerous type way. But like if at any point in my recovery, I just said, you know what? For two weeks, I'm going to not hit any meetings, but I'm going to put in place a system where I call my sponsor or someone in my network every day and we talk for 15 minutes. I highly fucking doubt I would have used during that two weeks, right? It's just this idea of like giving myself the space to try shit. And you know what? After two weeks, if I feel like shit, it's easy to go back. I just go back. It's not like I failed. It's not like my plan was wrong. And I feel like we have too much of that, right? It's if you don't follow this by the book, you're going to fail. And then if we do, it's all shame based. So we can't come back. And it's like, man, why can't we just have the freedom to try some different shit along the way and just see what works? Like it's not. I think that's common to people with new shit, though. Yeah. People, when they first start their diet or when they first start going to the gym, they're going to tell you how fucking great it is. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, but it, I just feel like my life <laughs> maybe would have been fuller if I felt like I could have tried more. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel like trying things was allowed. I felt like I either had to know it was the right thing ahead of time or know it was not the right thing ahead of time. And there was no room for like, I'm going to try this out for a month, and if it doesn't work, I'll just adjust along the way. Mm. And I wish we had more of that. All right? Hit seven meetings or hit none. But either (laughs) way, have a good week. Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything we're always looking for new ideas got an idea you want us to look into reach out to us